Greetings, comrades, and welcome to How the Left Was Won. My name is Mike. I'm Jake. And this is a Marxist-Leninist podcast all about fascism and how the f- how to fight it. It's been a while since we recorded one of these. Yep. Um, so, so what happened was, I, I've been t- I tweeted this on our Twitter account, um, but for people who don't follow us on Twitter, which you should, just just because... <laughs> um, uh, I had to send my computer away for repairs because one of the hinges on it is broken, and I thought that I would get it back. I would ju- we would just miss one week, but uh, it took. So they got it, and it took them a while to process it, and then they were like, "Okay, we're gonna charge you twenty three hundred dollars." And I'm like, "Hold on, uh, that's that's not right. That's what I spent on it on the computer to start with. The hinge on its own should not cost that much." And it turns out they don't have the parts to fix the hinge. So they were just going to give me a new computer, which I don't want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did end up buying a new computer because, well, I don't want a broken computer for the rest of my life or until like I get a new one. So I was like, yeah, let me just get a new one now. But, but at uh, least it was your decision this time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's just like, well, you, I, when I filled out the repair request form, I said it was a broken hinge. Like, couldn't you have just told me that you don't have the parts to fix it? Yeah, that would have been much easier. Yeah, and in in my, uh, like, survey, the survey that they gave me, I said, hey, that's a problem. Like, you should should have just told me that beforehand. Anyway, aside from that, this is the part where I usually ask about how your week has been, or in this case, past three weeks have been. But first, I gotta call you out on something. Yeah. This morning, at at almost 1 a.m., you call me. And you're just like, and like, I asked you uh, the day before if you would be good to record today, because again, we haven't recorded in a while. And you're just like, I don't know. if I, And I didn't uh, see the voicemail until this morning. And I checked the transcript because phones transcribe those now. Yeah. And uh, it's usually pretty good, but lots of the words were wrong and like, it just couldn't like transcribe some words. <laughs> so I just see, it's just like, I don't know if I'll be able to record. And I see oh. like you, like stuff about you being drunk. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on with Jake? Is he going to be like super hungover? Or is he like hammered? And then I, and then like I actually listened to it at work, and you're just like, oh, like there's this like fair going on, and my brother got like this Pikachu hat, and I, yeah. I need one. It's adorable, and I'm like, okay, bro. <laughs> yeah, I was very much drunk. Uh, I saw a friend I haven't seen in years yesterday, uh, who I told you about just before because he can help with our audio. Uh, but yeah, I drank quite a bit while seeing him. Yeah, and uh, I could definitely tell because you called me at one in the morning. First off, yeah. uh, I am uh, like if I'm awake at one in the morning, something's wrong because I I have yeah. to be up pretty early. I don't know what I was thinking when I decided to call instead of just text. <laughs> uh, not my best decision making. Yeah, ever. but um. Anyway, now I will ask you, how has your week or past three weeks been? Um, pretty good for the most part, though. Uh, I believe one uh, reason we missed a uh, recording session was because I was puking. Oh, uh, well, I mean, we were just going to hang out. My computer was still out for repair. Oh, right, yes, yes. I forgot about that. Uh, But either way, that was still not a fun time. Yeah, no, because we were going to hang out one Sunday, and then your dad wanted to go out for dinner. And then um, we were going to hang out on that Monday, and then you were like, I threw up. And I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I guess we Uh, aren't hanging out. Rough morning. I woke up and immediately just like, oh, God, the 
<laughs> yep. My past three weeks have been interesting because um, I've mentioned I work at a golf course before and uh, shit has been hectic. So our last episode came out on July 4th because we record on Sundays, I edit on Mondays, and we release on Tuesdays. That might change a little bit because we're going to be doing stuff on Mondays, me and Jake and some other people, and I may not have time to edit on Mondays, so I may just have to edit on Sundays after we finish recording. That'll be fun. And may just have to release on Mondays, which may be a little bit of a better day to release episodes, because it's like, that's the start of the week. But uh, anyway, uh, so that week, um, obviously the 4th of July is busy, and we have to get up... holidays we get up a half hour early and we just mow up the place and leave so we don't work a full day and so that we did that on tuesday but we also did that like the tuesday being the fourth but we also did that on the monday as well which was nice and unexpected and then uh we got off early on wednesday just because there was just so much play that we just couldn't get anything on the course done so we just got sent home we usually get off an hour early on thursday normally just because the we have a shotgun tournament where that's basically just everyone goes out to a different hole and starts on a different hole so there's no room to do any work and then friday we usually get off early on friday anyway because it's like it's friday let's have a cookout let's go home um and like we can do that during the summer because we also work weekends um next week was a pretty standard week and then this past week like the week that we just finished uh was our member guest tournament which is the biggest tournament of the year. And it involves us uh, coming in in the evenings to mow stuff so that we don't have to mow as much stuff in the morning so we can focus on other stuff. Cause we have, cause, uh, and then coming in an hour earlier than normal to just like mow the greens and like take care of some other stuff. And we have like three hours to do it all, which is kind of insane. But then we get to enjoy most of the rest of the day until we have to come back in the evening. So on Wednesday, it was a normal work day. We come back in the evening, come back very early in the morning. And we do that till Saturday where we come in early in the morning. And then it's just like, then we have the Saturday off. We don't even have to come in the evening. And then I had to work this morning, this Sunday. And that was, and that's just kind of standard. But yeah, that was crazy. It was interesting having most of like the day to to myself after work. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm glad that's over, though, because that's just, it's a pain. <laughs> it's fun, but it's a pain. So, anyway, that was my past three weeks, and I, I did get my computer back. Oh, I, f- I forgot to mention, uh, I'm doing a couple things. So, uh, I meant, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I, I, for the past few years, I've been taking master's courses in computer science. I, I studied robotics engineering in undergrad, and so you can tell how that went. Um, so I, f- I finally, finally got my degree approved. It took them forever to approve my Ooh. degree because I completed all my requirements back in May and they just approved it like a couple weeks ago. And so I've started applying to jobs now that I've gotten my computer back. So I'm doing that. So hopefully I, I will, uh, not be working at the golf course, uh, by the end of the summer. Uh, I'm also downsizing my magic collection. I'm trying to catalog all my bulk cards and then i'll find someone to buy them maybe sell it on craigslist and then i'll like find my valuable cards that i don't really want and see about selling those so i can just have more money and then also maybe spend it on cards i do want (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i need i need to get rid of a lot of my magic collection just because it takes up so much space and a lot of those cards i'm never going to use yeah uh that makes sense to me uh, congratulations on finally getting your degree approved. 
I know that's been a hassle. Yeah, no, it's it sucked because it had it had to go through at least three people to get approved, probably more from like the time frame. One guy, and so it's a checklist. All like like all my requirements are checked off. Like I checked on like our student portal, and it says that I've met all the requirements. One guy took two weeks to like approve my degree. It's just yeah. like just it's a checklist. Just see if everything's checked off and then sign off on it. Yeah, just it shouldn't take two weeks to do that. Yeah, you don't have to review a paper that's already been done by my uh, advisor for my project. Like that's yeah. that's been reviewed. It's done. It it already happened. You don't need to look through it. Yeah, it's just like, but uh, then like the next guy took like two days, and then the the last guy uh, took like I think like four days, but it got approved. It's done. I kept having to email like the uh, graduation department, being like, "Hey, when? Why is this taking so long?" <laughs> and uh, I got a degree that my I got an email saying that my diploma had been mailed and that should be showing up in a few weeks. They said, "Oh, they said that it's, it's going to be like actually shipped out by the end of August, which is like forever away." And it's like it shouldn't take that long. Yeah, this is just put it in the mail. Yeah, but ho- hopefully I will get that soon. Uh, I'm glad that I finally have my degree, and so that's why I've been applying to jobs. Hopefully, I'll get a job. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. So anyway, uh, now that 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 was a long opening, I think that might be one of our longest openings. I believe it is. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you have an episode to present today. Yes, I do. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's been mostly me doing it for a while. Yeah. I mean, you like kind of took the lead on the first episode. Yeah, I did the first episode, and then it was either you uh, doing the Mussolini biography or uh, the book. Yeah, and well, even and both he, of us did the book. Yeah, I mean, and even with like both of us doing the book, I'm kind of still leading because I I'm the one who like like does like the opening you did voice the, yeah yeah i kind of lead the conversation most of the time even yeah. when it's like a collaborative one which maybe we should fix i don't yeah. know maybe we, it doesn't we need can fixing discuss that at some point i don't know but whatever so anyway i am excited to hear more about the life and times of mussolini because i did a lot of research on him up until the march of rome and i actually didn't do a whole lot of research i probably should have continued reading like some of the sources i was using just for a little bit more context but also at the same time going in blind is also interesting and i want to know it's kind of fun to go in blind i want to know what benny has been up to so originally my plan was to cover from uh the march on rome to the beginning of World War II. That was my original plan. I think I told you about that. Yeah. Or mentioned it on the last episode, at least. However, I did realize that I was focusing a little bit too much on the biography part. Uh, I wasn't giving a very good idea of what his reign over Italy was actually like. And most people could probably get uh, that it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh... I figured that this episode, what I'm going to be doing is discussing uh, in detail the first year that Mussolini reigned. It's not going to, like, uh, I'm not going to focus so much on the biography part. I'm going to save that for next week. Yeah. Uh, And I'm going to be in detail about how Mussolini was maintaining his power. Well, maybe not next week, because maybe we'll do the book. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, Who knows? Hey everyone, Mike here, recording uh, in post. 
Uh, we lost about 15 seconds here for some reason. I, again, we don't know how to do audio production. So anyway, I'm just leaving this little note here just so you know that uh, when you hear a skip, that's why. Uh, you didn't miss much. We uh, had not yet started like the podcast proper about Mussolini. So anyway, I'll leave it there and let you get back to uh, the, the podcast proper. All right. Uh, thank you for understanding. Uh, it's something that I don't think a lot of people actually know too much about. We're not really taught how Mussolini maintained his power. Uh, we know how he got it. We know terror squads. Yeah, um, I think I mentioned... Did I mention this? I know at one point in my research, I like real like mentioned, or at least I saw, just like he wrote like for socialist publications, and at least like when he took power in twenty two, just a lot of those disappeared yep, <laughs> from like uh, libraries. And very stuff. strangely, I do talk about that. It's like in hmm. this. Uh, also, he made his son disappear. <laughs> yeah, he's a magician. <laughs> And now my son goes in the box, yeah. and he's gone. <laughs> it's just like, God, that that happened quick too, because he like his, he sent his son to an asylum, and then his son was like dead in like a few yeah. months. It was crazy. It, it did not take that long. Yeah. Uh, and also at the end, I do want to discuss, uh, namely, uh, how by comparison, the fascists of the modern day, uh are really failing to follow in the footsteps of Mussolini, who had a much better plan for getting into power and ma maintaining it. Yeah. Uh, but I will save that for the end, uh, yeah. and you'll probably pick up on what I want to discuss about that yeah. throughout the episode. And I, I'm wondering is just like what the difference between fascists then and fascists now are. Because like you said, let, like the fascists today aren't really like succeeding as much. They're not following in like his yes. methods as much. I'm wondering what that may be. I'm wondering if that has to do with just the prevalence of the internet. We can just see what people say more easily. That's a part of it. But I think... Well, it's sort of like a big part of the episode, so I'll I'll save it for the okay. end to make my point about I that. I have presented a hypothesis. Let's see if that hypothesis pans out. Yeah. All right. Now into the script. <clears throat> Mussolini, the much-beloved man who never did anything wrong between the ages of zero to one, has <laughs> attained power via the March on Rome. In our last episode, we had on this topic, and the Italian parliament held a vote that established his power with only the socialists and the communists opposing him. Liberals, conservatives, and fascists all backed Mussolini, and his domination of politics was seen as perhaps being the death knell for liberal democracy. While Mussolini's cabinet was actually not entirely fascist at the start and involved all of these groups so that he could maintain their support, uh, he took the two most powerful and prominent positions for himself, those of foreign minister and minister of the interior, giving himself control over both external and internal affairs. Yeah, I know. Like, I heard, it's like, uh, yeah, I, I heard those two positions, and I'm like, that's just everything, though. Yeah, that is, like, what else is there? Fucking train director? Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> he was that too, though. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I am in charge of dealing with other countries and also dealing with stuff inside our country. Yeah, he like, really uh, did not leave anything for anybody else. Yeah. And it's just like, God, and you mentioned just like, it's like the, only the socialists and communists opposed him. It's like, hmm, funny how that is. Yeah, really, really funny. Why are the socialists and communists always against the bad things? Yeah, that's weird. Uh, it, it must be because they're wrong somehow. 
Yeah. Somehow. I don't know how. Uh, and I, like, I was just like, I, I think of, was thinking about this over the past few weeks, and I'm just like, there were so many opportunities to fucking stop him. Yeah. So many. Uh, and the liberal, and like, there were opportunities to just not give him what he wanted. Trust me, uh, that continues. <laughs> that oh, doesn't I, change. I don't doubt it. And I'm going to assume liberals are mostly to blame for that. Yes. Yeah. And, like, I, I should talk liberals, but it's just, like, mo- like liberals today, it's just, like, you guys are lukewarm, but you're definitely not as bad as the liberals back then. Yeah. It, At least for the most part, some of them are kind of shitty. Yeah. Uh, like, some of them really embody the phrase, scratch a liberal into fascist bleeds. Yeah. Most of, most of you fucks are all right. Yeah, no, it's just, like, moderates, it's just, like, you're not actively doing, like, you're not actively perpetuating fascism but you're definitely not doing anything to stop it it's like yeah. what martin luther king jr said about the white moderate yeah this exactly is like white moderates are de- more detrimental to like the cause of like uh the civil rights movement than like a member of the ku klux klan yeah <laughs> it's the same concept i do want to bring up uh giving himself you know those two positions because that's something you'll see a lot when fascists come to power they don't just have like the they're not just like the prime minister they'll actually, like, give themselves another position for some reason. Oh, yeah. Even though they already have control over everything. Yeah, that's a good point now that I think about it. It's just, like, you see lots of dictators, and it's just, like, they have so many medals, and that's just because they've given themselves so many positions. Yeah, like, for instance, Adolf Hitler. Uh, he was not just the Chancellor, or the Reichschancellor, the Reichskanzler. Uh, he folded in the position of President into that as well. Yep. Uh, even though... The position of president basically only appointed the consular to start with, the chancellor. Yeah. Uh, that was basically it. Yeah, it's just like, I am this position, and I'm also the position that appoints that position. Yep. Makes sense. Uh, <clears throat> continuing on. However, while in power, Mussolini did not seem to care much for spreading his ideology, at least at the beginning. He said in a speech that in time fascism would have its day in the sphere of diplomacy, but at least for the time being, it seemed that he was going to play the cards that had been dealt to him. Uh, I find that very interesting. He's basically playing ball with the liberal powers. Uh, He's not trying to really upset the boat. He's trying to make fascism respectable in the wider world. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I mentioned that at one point in, like, the the previous uh, Mussolini episode where it's just, like, the socialists did a lot of strikes, and so they were seen as kind of, like, making things worse. They were, like, seen as, like, the violent group, and then the fascists came along and stopped them, and they're like, hey, we're the party of law and order. Yeah, that basically does continue. Uh... Uh, it gets even worse, though. Yeah, even though they were violent terrorists who attacked and killed lots of socialists. Yeah, you'll see just how much worse it gets eventually. Like, it gets really bad with their uh, little law and order shtick. Yep. <laughs> it's not very fun. Yeah, it's like, you think you see that with, like, Republicans. It's just, like, for, like, like the past few decades, like, up until 2016... And even, like, to some extent, a little bit past 2016, they were mostly normal. There was, like, like especially with Obama, like, shit started getting weird. Yeah. And then it wasn't until Trump came along that it's just like, oh, now we're, we're starting to drop the pretense that you guys are acting in good faith. Yeah. What pre- little pretense there was. Yeah. What little uh, shed of, uh, 
of respectability, basically. Yeah. Uh, where was I? Uh, however, this did not mean he did not intend to legitimize fascism to the other powers of the world, which he mainly did by trying to be annoying. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking. Uh, so, by causing diplomatic confusion during peace talks uh, regarding Turkey, there was some war going on, uh, it didn't really go into it that much because he wasn't actually freely involved. Yeah, well, I remember... I don't know if this is, like, related or not, but I remember, like, in the previous episode, the previous Mussolini episode, I mentioned, like, the Italo-Turkic War, yeah. where he was opposed to that, where Italy was trying to uh, uh, annex Syria from Turkey. Yeah, so... I, but this sounds like it was after that. I think it is after it, uh, which is funny. It, it, if it is that war, because the book did not actually go into it, the one I was using as my primary source... I should have checked with another book, which I did for other things in this, but yeah, uh, forgot about that one. But uh, he did not really care about the outcome either way. Uh, the main thing he did to try and annoy the other powers was basically like, can we move the meeting to here? How about here? How about here? No, this meeting is actually a preliminary talk. I want you to confirm that you respect Italy. Yeah, that's that's one of those things where it's just like, like you see lots of like like you see this kind of like in debate bros like the debate bro world where yeah. it's just like 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 so like terms get set and it's just like oh you have to agree to these terms it's like okay i do um actually there's additional terms yeah uh it, it's very much like he he's just being a dick because by annoying the other powers he's establishing himself and italy as like a nation that can you know, make decisions and appear powerful on the world stage. Yeah. Although, to most politicians, from what I can see, uh, like, in Italy, they were annoyed by this because it's just fucking being a little bitch. Yeah. That's not diplomacy. That's just being annoying. Yeah. So, this is, like, uh, like 22, right? 22, yes, it's 23? Uh, 22 to 23. Okay, I'm seeing the... Like, I looked up wars involving Turkey, which I, like, I, it's funny because I didn't see the Italo-Turkic war in this list. And I'm like, oh, right. And I was like, I was confused for a second. I'm like, oh, right. They were the Ottoman Empire back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm seeing, um, uh, there's a, they had a war of independence, which is I, what I imagined was the end of the uh, Ottoman Empire. Yeah, I would imagine if turkey is rebelling against yeah. the ottomans that's but that a, that Italy. lasted from 1919 to 1923 uh and it's like it lists like three like separate like things underneath it the franco-turkish war the greco-turkish war and the turkish-armenian war and yep. if i had to guess probably this is like at the end of like the greco-turkish war portion probably that would make sense yeah but yeah, that, that's because uh, like I'm seeing in the list is like Turkey and allies is the Ankara government. And then under opponents, it's Greece, France, Armenia, the UK, Istanbul, Italy and Georgia. So Italy was involved in that. So hmm. I'd imagine it's one of the it's either the whole war of independence or one of those those three like sub conflicts. Right. Uh, so to be clear, uh, he go he just goes to this fucking peace talk to be annoying uh <laughs> i want people to think about that for a bit just because he has 
very little interest in the actual outcome. He just wants to, like, he wants people to respect him in Italy. Yep. You will respect us. <laughs> yep, just by being annoying. Yeah. Please respect, we are the Mongol Empire. Please respect, please respect us or we might invade you too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very similar vibes. Yep. Uh. For the time being, while in power, Mussolini would have to play ball with the liberal powers both foreign and domestic. While the march on Rome was an effective show of force that led him to power, he knew that currently he was still dependent on the liberals in order to maintain the legitimacy of his regime, since he didn't have the political strength necessary to do away with the constitution and just take it. Uh, and that's like a big theme for his first year in power. He can't do it alone. He needs help from the liberals. He needs their consent to govern, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's basically everything he's doing. He's still technically doing it under the guise of a liberal democracy, just with a fascist party in power. Yeah, I, I, I see. It's just like, it's the uh, facade of like being legitimate, not being like total pieces of shit. Yeah, exactly. Like and, he's he's still working with the other parties and powers aside from the socialists. And yeah, and it's it's kind of like the frog in the water metaphor, which I know that's not how frogs work. Yeah, <laughs> frogs don't actually do that. But I'm just like thinking it's just like, yeah, they'll pretend to be normal and then slowly ramp up the rhetoric. Yep. Which like again, that's kind of what happened with Republicans. Uh, although I would argue that the rhetoric ramped up really quickly. Yeah. It. There was not much time to... Yeah, the spool-up time was, like, pretty short, actually. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, you they pretend to be, like, legitimate, or they act legitimate, and the left goes, hey, these guys are actually really crazy, and the liberals go, nah, they seem to be acting pretty appropriately, and then the the fascists go, oh, look at all these liberal snowf snowflakes. Although, yeah. not liberal, but you get the idea. Yeah. Although they present, like, the left as being liberals, even though that's incorrect. Yeah, that's uh, look just at all, like, all just, like all like these SJWs complaining about their safe spaces <laughs> yeah. and, and the microaggressions as like, they're just triggered. It's like, no, you guys are evil. I'm going to show you they're a macroaggression. It's, it's like you see in like cartoons where it's just like, this guy did this thing. It's like, no, it's like, no, it was him. And, yeah. it, and it like behind like the like adults back is like, yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, uh, he was very ch uh, generous with his time for journalists, and some of the comments he made were pretty revealing. For instance, he said that loyalty and friendship would hold him back from power, and said that he was obsessed with bending people to his will. <laughs> just, I love it when they say the quiet part out loud, because it's just like, it's evil, but it's also sometimes just like so overt that it's yeah. just funny. Like, how are you guys still going along with this? He's, he's fucking mega. He's like a megalomaniac. There yeah, it's like I don't know if you saw recently, but uh, theocratic fascist. He calls himself that. Matt Walsh. Again, yes. he calls himself that. That's in his Twitter bio, and he said it is not satire. Um, he like recently he was just like, what has therapy ever actually done for anyone? And it's just like, you just want people to be mentally ill so you can manipulate them. Yeah. And it's and it's so obvious. Like, come on. It's comically obvious. Therapy's actually done a lot for a lot of people, dude. Yep. Continuing on with this paragraph. One of these journalists, 
Claire Sheridan, thought he was basically a hack and a fraud <laughs> and didn't think he was very impressive compared to other leaders like Lenin. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, according to Mussolini, he met Lenin. Yeah. And then he said, oh, I don't remember meeting Lenin because he probably didn't actually meet Lenin. And that yeah. was a lie. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a fun fact. Lenin and Adolf Hitler once played a chess match. Interesting. Yeah, Lenin kicked his ass. I need to see if that's, like, recorded on chess.com. Uh, it kind of is. I've seen the game uh, on TikTok. Oh, boy. I need... I'm... I Like, you keep reading. I'm going to look that up real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. One mildly amusing story uh, reported by Ernst Hemingway. Oh, boy. He comes into this. Uh, basically said that while pretending not to notice his audience... Uh, Mussolini was reading a book. Uh, Hemingway crept closer and saw that the book was actually a French to English dictionary being held upside down. <laughs> like, what the fuck? So he's just pretending to be an intellectual. Yeah, he's pretending that he's unconcerned with, like, the massive audience he has outside, and he's holding a dictionary upside down. Yeah, it's just like... I'm reminded of a couple things. I'm reminded of when Trump attacked that church and the protesters there and then held up a Bible and, uh, and upside down. Yeah. And then also I'm just reminded of, I think it was Matt Gates. No, I think it was, it was either Matt Gates or Ted Cruz. I, now that I think about it, I think it may have been Ted Cruz. Like they were talking about, it was something in Congress. I forget exactly what they were talking about, but it was something important having to do with like, uh, like, uh, social justice and Matt and uh, Ted Cruz was just looking at his phone. He's like, "What a what an asshole!" Come on, dude. At least try and show a little bit of attention. Uh, let's see. Continuing on. In Italy, things were beginning to get out of hand. He was opposed in his party by some of the more constitutionally aligned fascists, since you know not every fascist uh, hates. The constant, like today, you know, our fascists love the Constitution. It's all they ever fucking talk about. Yeah, but they don't understand it at all. But yeah. you know, they still want it. <laughs> the Constitution has no pronouns, Jake. <laughs> we, there's we no, the people. Yeah, we the people. Yeah, <laughs> they don't understand it at all, and it's just um, uh, like you see, like Prager, you like make videos on it. It's just like, like uh. Like, they state, like, oh, like, the first half of, like, the Bill of Rights, or, like, the first half of, like, the Constitution, like, the articles themselves, it's like, no, like, like, and they just, like, when they say the first half, they just mean, that, like, half of them numbered ones, but it's just, like, yeah. no, because, like, the first couple are just, like, super long, and then the rest are really short. <laughs> it's like, the, like, the, like, half of the numbered ones is not half of it. It's yeah. way more than half. It's actually, you know, not, uh, Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I love life. Yeah. It's great. Uh, update on the chess thing. Um, I'm seeing, like, there's an engraving of the event. Um, and the event, like, according to this, it says, the event probably involved Hitler, but nobody can place Lenin in Vienna in 1909. Huh. I thought it was known that he was in Vienna. I, I don't know. Uh, I know he was at some point. Like, it was Lenin, Hitler, Stalin... I think Mussolini was also in Vienna. Uh, uh, maybe not. It was there was some other guy, uh, Freud. It was Freud. Like there were, they were all in Vienna at the same time. 
yeah, that's one of those things where it's just like, why is everyone here? Yeah. And, and I saw, like, in this Reddit thread that I saw, like, talking about it, it's just like someone described it as, like, like the New York of, like, the time, like, in Europe. Right. Vienna. Uh, like a metropolitan area. Yeah, just, like, big, like, air, like big city where people from all over show up. And, that like, makes live. sense, because the Austro-Hungarian Empire... Among along with its many faults, was also multicultural. Yeah, uh, multicultural because it was imperialistic. Yes, exactly. So it makes sense that the capital of this literal empire uh, would have a lot of different kinds of people there. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's two factions in uh, the fascist party right now. Uh, there's the constitutionally aligned fascists who are more comfortable with the current way things are going with, you know, this veneer of democracy and whatnot. Yep. Uh, and then there's the uh, street-fighting mobs. Oh, boy, the black shirts. Yep, the black shirts. The RDT and the Squadristi. Yep, and some of them had gotten a little bit unruly, you know. <laughs> had, had gotten? <laughs> As if they weren't already? Yeah, you know, just a, a little bit unruly. Yeah, no, the time that they ransacked the offices of Avanti, that was just, that was just, you know, a little bit of fun. It was a goof. They got a little rowdy. It was a gaff. Uh, in one case in Turin, things got so out of hand that police stood by silently as a fascist street gang basically rioted and murdered a lot of people. Mussolini privately admitted to the more ardent fascists who wanted, you know, full-blown dictatorship, no veneer, uh, that he wished they had killed more people. Yep. And, and extended official amnesty. <sighs> yeah. And, and I mentioned that in, like, the previous Mussolini episode where it's just, like, like, when the fascists were attacking socialists, the police would arrest the socialists and not the fascists, even when the fascists were the aggressors, which was most of the time. Mm -hmm. And I can't help but see comparisons to Black Lives Matter. Yep. Uh, and you should yep. see those comparisons because it's pretty direct. Yep. I love America. God bless. I love Italy. God bless. Uh, so he you know, admits privately because he can't say it publicly. He wishes they killed more people. And of course the police situation is even worse now because the fascists are in power. Yeah. And the fascists are probably lots of them are becoming police. Yeah. A lot of them are like, you know, working either with the gangs or in the police. Yep. Just like today. Woo. Well, maybe not the gangs. Well, eh, yeah, little, kind of yeah, the gangs. Yeah. yeah proud boys. Publicly, though, he said that this sort of thing needed to stop because, of course, you know, even while his actions uh, showed encouragement and uh, completely ignored the fact that, you know, he's he was ignoring the fact that he's supporting this shit while just publicly saying, no, I'm not. Yeah. Stop it, guys. I'm, I'm reminded of when Trump, like, told his followers to stand back and stand by. Yeah. Uh, here's something you'll probably find a little bit interesting, keeping in mind uh, our fascist street gangs. Uh, eventually, he would actually make them the national militia and absorb them into his direct control. Oh, boy. And he used them to violently suppress the left. 
I, wasn't that what Stuart Rhodes of the Oath Keepers wanted Trump to do? Yes, I believe so. I'm just glad Trump wasn't smart enough to do it. Yeah, it's very interesting uh, because a lot of Republican politicians actually use, you know, like the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers as, uh, you know, security details for their events. Very, uh, very interesting thing there. Yep. Oh, and uh, also this, you know, violence against the left. Uh, some of it's murder. A lot of it is attacking uh, left-wing politicians who may or may not have disagreed with Mussolini. Yeah, like the uh, communist guy who got beat up and then yeah. kicked out for getting beat up. Well, I mean, for being a deserter, but yeah. he got beat up. And <laughs> then got, yeah. And then got kicked out, and the people who beat him up did not. Yep, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Corruption was pretty rampant. No shit. I get, like, I don't even have, like, a snarky comment for that. It's just like, of course. Yeah, that, of course it fucking was. It always is in these regimes. Yeah, it's just like, you don't even need to be fascist to be corrupt. It's just like, even, like, if you're a politician, you're corrupt. But if you're a fascist politician, you're absolutely corrupt. Yep. There's no joke there. That's just, of course. Yeah, it's such an obvious non-statement that you can't even make a joke about it. Yeah. Most of the people joining the party saw it as a way to make a buck. Uh, the, the right-wing grift. Yep. And it's, it's just the fucking same. Yep. I wonder who was, who was the equivalent of Lauren Boebert back then. Oh, oh actually, God. no, now that I think about it, there, was no, there were no women. In uh, there was the oh. it, propagandist lady. Oh, right, but I, I don't think she was, like, in Parliament. Right, yeah. Yeah, she was not, like, a parliamentary deputy, I think is what they called him. But, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think about, like, who would be fucking Ted Cruz hmm. of the time? That's a good question. I wonder if Mussolini insulted anyone's wife and then that guy started, like, licking that guy's boot. He started, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he fucking God, did. Ted Cruz is such a spineless leech. What a fucking coward just like all of them yep uh and many of these people who are joining the party for money uh were of dubious background and by that i mean they were often criminals yep <laughs> like lauren bobert with yep. a ged she didn't even graduate college yep or not college high school <laughs> although i don't think she graduated college either i mean probably not yeah uh Mussolini was pretty okay with this because they were useful for intimidation and it isn't like he really cared if they were corrupt or not as long as his rule was still functional. In fact, their corruption could be a bonus. It could be a real bonus because, see, it, if they turned against him, he has just cause to fucking kill them. Yeah, um, I'm just kind of thinking of... Like, with, like, the modern fascist movement that we're seeing today, it's just, like, when, uh, like, the Republicans like to accuse Democrats of so much shit, and some of it is not untrue, but you, yeah. like, lots of it is, like, either false or blown out of proportion. It's like, oh, Democrats are all pedophiles, satanic pedophiles, and then they, like, su like supported Roy Moore. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, all, and, like, Matt Gates, who was definitely involved, or de definitely allegedly involved in <laughs> sex trafficking, very allegedly, very allegedly. Yep. I don't, please don't sue me. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but it's just like like Republicans get like do so much of this fucked up shit. But if a de- but if a Democrat jaywalks, it's the worst thing in the world. Yep. And it's just like uh, one example of <laughs> this. This is a local politics thing. But uh, I remember in 2020 for our county commissioner, uh, like like election, uh, they they were on the ballot along with like president. Just like like we voted yeah. for that at the same time. Um, so there were two seats open because there's like there's multiple people who could be county commissioner, and um, there were four people running: two Democrats, a Republican who was running for re-election. Um, I want to say his name because he he's just so like he's such a weirdo. I do know who you're talking. Yeah, about. and then this uh this fourth guy who um, so this is why I looked into these guys is because I saw what party he was running under. He was running uh, like. I saw the party affiliation and it said independent unifying thinking. And I was like, <laughs> okay, this guy's a weirdo. What's this guy's deal? And I looked into him and, uh, there's, I found some weird stuff, not like, like some co- very concerning stuff, but I'll, I'll spare the details. But the best part was, is that, so, uh, the Republican running for reelection, he had spent time in federal prison for threatening two presidents. Yep. Uh, like, and trying to frame his uh, his ex-wife who was Muslim and see- make it seem like it was like uh, she was a Muslim terrorist, but they uh, caught him and he got sent time in federal prison. Um, one of the Jesus. Democrats had a DUI, and the uh, guy I mentioned uh, who was an, like the independent unifying thinking guy, he went to jail for attempting to stab his wife in a Agawam pizzeria. Oh my god. Yeah. What happened was is uh like they were estranged and he she wanted to divorce him. So and he be- like met with her. He begged her not to divorce him. She said no and then he pulled out a kitchen knife and attempted to murder her. Wow. Um and so there's an article that interviewed these three people who all had like some kind of record. Um the Republican, he he blamed what he did on alcohol and just, like, his bad mental state, like, with his divorce. Right. Which, I mean, I've been in bad mental states before, and I've never fucking sent death threats to a president. Hey, everyone. Mike here. Just explaining we lost another couple seconds of audio. Uh, this is just me talking about the Democrats' response to the interview and uh, his DUI. So, just a quick explanation. Again... I apologize for this. We don't know how to make a podcast. And that he's learned from it and he won't ever do it again. And the last guy, the guy who attempted to murder his wife in public, simply asserted that the Democrats' DUI was worse. No, it was not. <laughs> so, yeah. So you see, like, all this shit like the Republicans do that's fucked up. And Democrats do fucked up stuff, too. Yeah, but it's just like. Innocent. Like, like the most minor thing a Democrat does is immediately disqualifying, but Republicans can do, like, so much worse, and it's apparently okay. Yeah, and it's like, I, I just want to be able to hate them. Why, why does one side have to be so fucking wrong and horrible that I can't hate the Democrats for perfectly legitimate reasons? Because there's another fucking guy over there, and he's somehow worse. But yeah, so... You know, Mussolini loves the corruption because it means if anybody steps out of line, just bullet in the head. Don't need to... You can just get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, which, not a very good way to run a country. Uh, a pretty good way to 
control your like control who has power yeah i guess but then when you run out of friends that what are you gonna do well he said before he doesn't even believe in loyalty and friends i suppose that's fair but at the same time it's just like if you throw everyone under the bus yeah there's what? no one to to protect you anymore yeah uh it very good leadership skills mussolini in general, Mussolini enjoyed setting members of his party against one another. <laughs> oh, this... God, this reminds me of what... Ha I don't know why this popped into my head, but it just kind of reminds me of what happened with Sears, like the company, the yeah. retail store. Because I remember, like, one of the reasons they went under, looking into it, is just, like, the CEO was just pitting different apart departments against each other. What the fuck? This is, like... And they just... Uh, well, what happened was, like... He, like, said policies where just, like, which incentivized them to to go against each other, and then they just ate each other, and it was bad. It's just, like... It's, like... <sighs> Interesting that the CEO of Sears uh, pursued the same policies as both Nazi Germany and fascist Italy in his running of his company. Is capitalism fascist? Three capitalists discuss. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, in general, Mussolini enjoyed setting members of his party against one another so that no group or person could get powerful enough to challenge him. This is actually pretty consistent with most fascist regimes. There's always some internal politicking that keeps them from really working together. Uh, for instance, in Nazi Germany, uh, you always wanted to have the most control uh, you wanted to have the most direct relationship to Hitler, you know? Yep. Uh, and one of the ways you would do that is through the competition, because you want to be the next Fuhrer, don't you? When Hitler goes, don't you want to be able to do that? You want the power for yourself. That guy over there, he's honking it all. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like you saying that, it's like you want to be the next Fuhrer. That just, you just reminded me of this thing, this, uh, like, hypothesis that I've had with, like, the right in general, like, for a while now. And it's that all of these shitheads want to be the main character. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just, like, uh, like there's a better time to, like, elaborate on this, but you're, it's just, like, yeah, you want to be best friends with the leader because you want to be the next leader. Yeah, I... You've really hit something true there, because if you think back to our first episode, uh, one of the points of fascism is this, like, lionization of action for action's sake. You know, this sort of heroic struggle. Uh, they all want to be the hero, and they think they will be the hero. And that's... Hey, it's me again. Yeah, we lost another couple seconds. What a great way to return from, like, having two weeks off. Anyway, sorry about that. You didn't miss much. It's just a couple seconds. Uh, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Yeah, it's just like Gavin McGinnis of the Proud Boys, uh, Stuart Rhodes of the Oath Keepers. Mm -hmm. Like, they all want to be the main character. Yeah, they all think they're going to be the ones on top at yeah. the end of the story. Yeah, they think they're America's main character. Or that guy who uh, broke into that FBI office and thought he could get through bulletproof glass with a nail gun. <laughs> it's just like he thought he was going to make it out because he he has main character syndrome yeah real main character energy there yeah and it's just like um i don't know how prevalent this is anymore it probably there's probably still weirdos who do this but like the people who want like texas to declare independence 
Like, there's multiple different Texas yeah. independence movements, and each one, like, the, pe the person in charge wants to be president of Texas. And it's just yep. like, it's like, why are you qualified to be president of Texas? Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, and it's just like, oh, you just, no, you just want to be the main character. Yeah. All of you shitheads just want to be the main character, and you, you're narcissists. Yeah, I think, ironically, one of the best ways you can understand fascism is if you're, like, a, you know, like, a literature, uh, or, like, a media reviewer, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because when you get down to the brass tacks of it, they all think they're going through the hero's journey. Uh, you know, this is, like, their call to adventure. Oh, yeah. They all think that uh, they're a character in a book. Yeah, they they think that life is like a movie, and like the far right is obsessed with conspiracy theories, and so many conspiracy theories are just I saw this in a movie once. Yeah, like um, Alex Jones, so much like he compares so many of his conspiracy theories to like a movie, like lots of like like it's just like uh oblivion or whatever or not, obl not that's not the best example that came to mind because of a weird specific example but like lots of james bond movies it's just like yeah oh the villain wants to do this and that's what the globalists want to do and it usually ties into predictive programming it's like the globalists are telling us their plans through this medium and it's just like no that doesn't make any sense yeah it really doesn't <laughs> yeah but it's just like it's the same thing yeah yeah it's just like they can't they think that life is a movie. They really do. Uh, so, in December of 1922, he created the Grand Council of Fascism. Oh, boy. <laughs> to be a counterbalance against his other ministers, like his cabinet, the Senate. Uh, the Grand Council was basically just meant for discussion about policy, and he really did not have to listen to it in the slightest. So it was a think tank. Pretty much. It was just uh, a government think tank. Yeah, uh, like... He called it whenever he wanted to. It was a body that was completely dependent on him that had no other purpose other than like, hey, if you get chosen for it, Mussolini thinks you're cool. <laughs> That's pretty much it. So he could just call it whenever he wanted to yep. just like to avoid doing other stuff. And then he didn't even need to pay attention. It pretty much like he does not have to listen to it. It's literally just like. Hey, what do you guys think? And they could go on for, you know, hours about the most detailed plan in existence. And he could say, nah, we're doing another fucking thing. Fuck you. Oh, that reminds me of Trump and, like, his, like, security briefings. Like, didn't he not, like, even go to those? I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, there's, like, so many things, like, with the Trump administration where, like, I'm reminded of it. And I'm like, fuck, that happened. <laughs> so much shit happened that I just forgot about. And I think a lot of people forgot about. Like, do you remember Paul Manafort? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, like, he was a dude. I don't even remember what he was, like, what he did. Yeah. I just was... remember, like, there was, like, there was a big brouhaha about him. And that's it. Yeah. And, like he was part of like the administration then he got kicked out is yeah all I it was a 24 7 just bam 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 yeah so much shit happened and so much of it was fucking crazy and i think like covid made us forget a lot of it yeah uh it's that and also just biden for all of his many many faults is not that newsworthy yeah no he's just boring which i mean i guess i I'm, prefer I'm, yeah i mean i'd prefer an exciting leftist but yeah. I prefer a boring centrist to over an ex like a quote unquote unquote exciting fascist. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. 
Uh, yes. In 1923, so we're getting into, you know, this isn't like a second year, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. still technically in the first year. Yeah. Yeah, because he, like, it was like October 2022 that yes. he took power, so yeah. This is like towards the beginning. Uh, in 1923, he merged his party with the right-wing nationalist party, since most of them, uh, since most of the men in it shared his general ideals, and also had actually like useful politicians who were not thugs. <laughs> well, yeah, we're crazy, so we'll go to these other guys who are like a little bit less crazy and actually know what they're talking about. Yep, like these guys are shitheads too, but. They were actually politicians. Yeah, uh, they're educated shitheads. Yeah. They, th- their job was never to go out into the streets and beat the shit out of people. These are like generals and shit. Yep. Uh, this was sort of a dangerous move for Mussolini because it added a faction to the party which could oppose him, though he was confident he could outmaneuver them if it came down to it. Which, I mean, that kind of worked out for him. Yeah, it was a gamble that really paid off. Yeah, that's, it's that seems to be something that Mussolini did a lot, where it's just like, this is if this pays off, it pays off big time, and if it doesn't, I'm fucked. Because he did like the same thing with uh, the March on Rome. He's like, uh, I think I mentioned where it's just like, if it worked, he takes power. And if it doesn't work, fascism is completely delegitimized forever. Yep. Uh, and unfortunately, that worked. So, uh, as he was bringing in the Nationalist Party to his fold, uh, he also uh, dropped his old anti-religious sentiment. Yeah, it, like I think I remember seeing that he, he converted to Catholicism. Yeah, he was very publicly and very openly very Catholic now, which you might find surprising uh if you did not know who I was talking about. Yeah, but I think he was, like, still, like, maintained his, like, anti-clerical rhetoric, a little, A little bit, it's... Like, he still didn't like a lot of priests. Uh, he began working with conservative Catholics in the church. Yeah. During this period, so maybe some of them, but overall, he was trying to present himself as, like, a Catholic ruler, and the Pope thought uh, he could work with him better than uh he could with the liberals yeah now the question is did he actually become catholic or did he just present himself as catholic i don't think anybody who actually knew him uh believed he did genuinely convert yeah that because like that seems to be the case it's one of, but also at the same time it's one of those things where it's just like it doesn't matter what he actually thought what matters is what he presented yes himself as. Uh, this is very much another step towards solidifying his power yeah it's the same thing with hitler it's just like he wasn't exactly christian it's not it's not incorrect to say that he was it's not it's not correct to say that he wasn't but it's also not correct to say that he was like he had like weird like this weird hodgepodge of christianity paganism and like a religious form of racism but it doesn't matter what his actual religious beliefs were he presented himself as a as a christian yes uh this is actually interesting to compare with germany so i'm glad you brought that up because in germany catholics were largely opposed to hitler they were one of the many factions that did not like hitler uh, and I have to assume that's partially because Catholics spent a lot of time in Germany being suppressed. Yeah. Like, Otto von Bismarck, I recall, uh, suppressed, like, a Catholic 
group during his time. I forget exactly the circumstances, but they haven't had a good go of it in Germany. Yeah, uh, like I just know, like the Nazis' relationship with the church was complex. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't good. <laughs> By comparison, Mussolini had a much better relationship with the church. Yeah, because like I know, like Hitler was just like, "Hey, you guys don't fuck with us. We don't fuck with you." And the church was kind of like, "Okay." Yep. <laughs> and they cut the church. Just kind of let Nazis do their thing. Yeah. I mean, lots of priests, like, tried and saved Jews. Not all oh, of them. Oh, yeah. I imagine lots of them were on the side of Nazis as well, but... Yeah, it really depends. If you're in, like, a Nazi-occupied territory, uh, most likely the priests are going to be anti-Nazi. And that's partially because they're getting put into concentration camps. Yep. Uh, great. It's good stuff. Yep. Oh, actually, a quick fun fact that I worked into the script here. He made a new calendar at the same time, uh, not dated from Jesus's birth, but by the March on Rome. <laughs> uh, which he's doing this at the same time as he's trying to appeal to Catholics. That's that's funny. But it's just like, it's one of those things where it's just like, he's trying to do like a fantasy, just like that now we are in the third era. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny because it it's so full of itself you yeah. know that's one of those things where it's just like when are we gonna like start a new era yeah when I does was, the common era end yeah because it's just like it's like you see that in like lord of the rings it's just like oh there's the like these different eras you see that in like elder scrolls it's like yep. what are we gonna do like like when is like this era done yeah like come on i, I have yeah, places we'll, to we'll, be yeah we'll rename like the, everything this will be the first era Everything before uh, 1 AD is, like, like pre-whatever. like pre whatever. We'll, yep. we'll come up with a name for it. And then, and then we go into a second era. Like, I, think, I yep. feel like it's about time for a second era. Those happen, yeah. like, in fantasy, like, every, like, couple thousand years. Yeah, like, why not? Just get all of the, the time guys together yeah. and they can talk about it. I don't know. I mean, oh, that would fuck up a lot of like programming, though. Because, yeah, that would. Yeah, that would be bad. There's for a great video on YouTube uh, about how programming time is a nightmare, <laughs> and that would just make things even worse. Yeah. Uh, throughout all of this, he's been arresting politicians who might or did oppose him, and replacing them with fascists, primarily on a local level. Uh, so you're seeing like this is like ground up fascism building. Yeah. Uh, it makes sense. Like, if you wanted to make America fascist, you shouldn't go for the top first. You want to place a bunch of fascists on the lower levels of government uh, because they're the ones who are going to affect people's daily lives. And then you work your way up. Yeah, I remember, like, this was a big talking point among, like, uh, like the left during, like, the 2020 election and, like, the 2022 midterms. It's just, like, yes, like, voting, like, your Congress... Um, people are like important and you want like you don't want like the right taking over that but local level is also incredibly important yes you don't you want to please like vote for like like let like as far left as you can for your local elections yep yeah it's just like because those are also very very important they have a very direct impact like in theory the main government could be you know completely liberal but then if you go down and everybody participating in local government is a fascist that's still a fascist country 
the people living there are still under a fascist regime. Yes, exactly. The point is, please vote blue for the most part, but also like, like make sure you're like look into like look into the policies of the people you're voting yeah. for, please. And also listen to like the minority groups around you. Listen to uh, LGBT people. Listen to you know uh, black people. Uh, listen to the people who would be affected by these politicians and see what exactly they think on the matter. Uh, that's very important, uh, and that's a good way to stay informed of what's going on in your local politics. Yes, exactly. This has been APSA. Yes. <laughs> uh, since the liberals, while maybe not loving the new direction of the country, were pretty passive about it, this was probably mostly socialists and communists who were getting picked up and arrested here. Yep. Yep. Uh, liberals were not only cooperating, many of them, such as Giolitti, who was like a, a big liberal man. Yeah, I, I remember. He was uh, the one who I think started the coalition with the fascists. Yes. If I, uh, I recall from my, the last episode I, believe I did. so, yes. Yeah, Giovanni Giolitti. Yes. Yeah, he was the guy who started the, uh, the coalition. Like, for no fucking reason... Yeah, it, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, these guys, they're not an official party, they have no seats, and they're fucking terrorists. Don't yeah. form a coalition with them. What you, are you doing? You little rat. <laughs> uh, Giolitti believed that rather than being absorbed into the fascist system, they could absorb Mussolini into the liberal system. It's a smart bet that paid off. I'm so mad. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't reform fascists. Yeah. Well, I mean, every now and again you get a couple who do reform. Yeah, but you should not work with them in the system thinking that, oh yeah, by uh, him being in the system, he's going to have to be a liberal now. You should not expect fascists to yeah. reform. Don't expect it, and don't... And don't think that you're going to be able to control him. Yeah. Fascists break the system. They use it, and then they break it. Yeah, especially considering he fucking did a coup already. Yeah. What the fuck are you thinking, Giolitti? Yeah, it's just like he already did a violent takeover of the government. You're not going to rein him in. This is despite the fact uh, that by completely bowing down to Mussolini and cooperating, they were only making fascism stronger and putting it into a position where they could eventually do away with the last vestiges of liberal democracy and government. So, you know, oh yeah, we're really going to be able to turn Mussolini into a fucking liberal as we do everything he says. And this is during a period where Mussolini needed the liberals' support. They did have actual power in this scenario. Yep. They could have stopped him. Oh, we need to reach across the aisle, guys. Yep. Uh, it's just so fucking stupid. Because why would you, why would you work with them? This does not help you. What are you thinking? Yeah, no, just don't. Like, here's, here's what you should, here's your approach to fascism. Fascism. Don't. Yeah. Don't entertain it. Don't talk to them. Don't just disregard them. Don't fucking work with and them. And if they show up anyway, kick them out. Yep. They, you should not give them any sort of... like no. Don't entertain them at all. Not one step back. Uh, in order to make sure that nobody could do what he did, Mussolini began censoring opposition newspapers. 
No, uh, again, there's not really a joke to make yeah. here. I was gonna, I was going to make a snarky, snarky comment, and then I was just like, no. Before coming to power, Mussolini decried such censor censorship, since he himself was a journalist and obviously in the opposition, so he's he would be in a position then to be cracked down on. Now that he was in power, he cracked down on socialist and communist papers, restricting the flow of information to what he decided it was. Yeah, it's, it's, you see this, it's like, people will complain about getting kicked off Twitter, and it's just like, I'm being censored. It's like, my First Amendment rights have been violated. But then at the same time, they're just like, hey, we should, like, anyone who's a communist, who, which means anyone who isn't on the right, who isn't a Republican should be kicked out of Congress. And it's like, you don't actually care about what you're saying. Yeah. And I mean, and like I said, um, in my previous episode, Mussolini stressed to his followers that fascism is not a set of immutable beliefs. It is whatever it wants, needs to be in the current moment. Yep. Uh, so this is basically like uh, the end of the Mussolini as a ruler section of my script. That was his first year in power, uh, mostly, and we're getting a very good sense of how he's keeping power during the early period, uh, which is, I think, very relevant to us now. Yes. But now I do want to talk in a more freeform, unscripted way about how modern fascists are fucking it up. Oh, boy. Uh, mainly because fascists today don't understand that part of the reason it worked in the past was the respectability. Uh, they made themselves broadly acceptable to liberals, at least compared to the communists and socialists, and leveraged that into power. Fascists, uh, fascists today are too focused on pissing everyone off and can't get that baseline level of toleration by liberals. Yeah, that's, that's a good point now that I think about, about it. It's just like, and I think that ties into my hypothesis about, like, the internet at least a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I, I think, but not in the, in the way that I initially stated. It's not that, like, people can can view it as much. It's just that it allows them to be loudmouthed about it more. Yeah. Which, in turn, lets people see it more. But it's just, like, that's not a product of people being able to see it more. That's a product, like, just as a result of the internet. That's a pro product of them just having a more of an outlet to be open about it. Yeah. It's partly that, and part of it is also, like, compare the fascists of the past to the fascists of today. The rhetoric, the rhetoric is different, just at its core, the look is different. What they are presenting themselves as is different. Today, they're a bunch of losers LARPing as soldiers. Yeah, exactly. But back then, yeah, they uh, were actual soldiers who stormed trenches. Yeah, meal team six is yeah. the term I, get, I see <laughs> thrown around a lot. And I mean, it's just like uh, like prominent fascist uh, Nick Fuentes. It's just like, he's just like like pathetic a lot of the time. I mean, he's terrifying, but at the same time, it's just like, he's like whiny. Yeah. He's, he whines about everything. But speaking of him, did you see what he said? Like, I think it was last week. I did not. Oh, he basically was, like, declared holy war on Jewish people. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and uh, he was just like, it was, it was, it was so interesting because, um, 
like he said, like we're going to make them die in a holy war because they're trying to kill us in a holy war. And there was, and uh, obviously there were people saying, "Hey, he's actually just calling for genocide now." And his <laughs> uh, defenders f fell into one of two camps. The first camp being, "Oh, well, he didn't say Jews," or he's talking metaphorically. And then the other camp. Which was just like, yeah, let's kill them Jews. Yep. And it's just like, I love it when that happens. Just because it's just like, okay, so you, so the first group, you guys are just liars. And then the second group is just like, you're maniacs. Yeah. But it's just like, and then it's just like, hey, it seems like a lot of his supporters really think he meant that he was saying, let's kill Jews. Yep. And then they, and then they just say, oh, those guys are feds. Yep. Uh, one thing I do want to press on about here uh very specifically is the fact that what we're seeing is basically in order for fascists to come to power they need that broad at the very least tolerance of them uh especially by liberals because mm -hmm. communists and socialists aren't going to tolerate them i can tell you that right now anarchists aren't going to tolerate them the left does not tolerate fascism but liberals when presented with the right conditions can fall into that trap of well, they're respectable. Yeah. And I think it might be partially it's just that society in general is a little bit more to the left. I say a little bit more. It's it's quite considerably more to the left than it was in the 19 fucking 20s. Yeah. A hundred fucking years ago. And people have this general, like, cultural knowledge that fascism is bad. Yeah. So it's partially also a branding thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like today's liberals are far enough, like, further enough to the left from the liberals a hundred years ago that they're like just enough that they can be like, Hey, I think those guys might be fascist and might be bad. Yeah. Uh, and, like, uh, but I also think it's like part of, part of it is like what you mentioned is like the fascists don't, aren't even like trying to present, like be presentable. Yeah. They're at all least, insane fuckheads. At least p parts of them are not, are not even trying to be presentable. Yeah. Uh, I do want to recall Richard Spencer here. Oh boy. Uh, do you recall how he's trying to present himself more as like a liberal now? Yeah, he's just like, I voted for Biden, which first of all, no, you fucking didn't. You're a Correct. liar. And second of all, you're just trolling, man, because you're not relevant anymore. I don't think that's quite it. I think he's trying to get relevant again through this. Yeah, but I what I think he's doing is he hasn't changed his opinions at all, but he's sort of figured it out. He's figured out if you want to achieve fascism... What you need is the acceptance or toleration of liberals to do it. See, the difference between Mussolini and Richard Spencer is that people know who Richard Spencer is. Yeah. Now, well, people were not as aware of who Mussolini was back then. Yeah. Like, it's not going to work for Richard Spencer, but I think he figured it out. And I think that will be how uh, fascism grows further in the United States is there go there's going to be some respectable well-dressed guy who says some of the right things sounds a bit like a liberal but is really a fascist to his core yeah and this is one thing like you saying this like he dresses nice like in a suit yeah that it just kind of reminds me of just like fascism has this obsession with a, like uh aesthetics exactly yes. it's just like um like i see lots of people that's like like lots of right-wing shitheads like complain about it. it's like they'll disregard like someone's opinion if they're like overweight like especially mm -hmm. with women 
It's just yep. like if they're an overweight woman, it's just like they just like look at this person. It's just like <laughs> who cares what they look like? That doesn't that has no bearing on their opinion. And and just like like they always wear like these suits, and I mean like Democrats do too. But it's just yes. like for whatever reason, I don't know if this is like a subconscious thing or if it's just personal bias or if there is like actually something there. Um, like Republicans seem to be. Like they're like when they wear suits, it seems to be more like 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 perfect. Yeah. Like, like with Democrats, it's just like it feels like it's not quite as like perfect. Like it's just right. a little bit off. Where it's just like okay, it feels a little bit more natural. Whereas with like Republicans, it's just like everything is spick and span. Yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. It's it's very much part of the fascist like look is that they are the respectable ones they're these flashy almost like uh noblemen yeah uh, and again that that could just be personal bias uh i i could be wrong about that but it's just uh, well not the fascism has an obsession with aesthetics that's yeah. just, that that part's true that's not an opinion the, the suit thing like republicans and democrats in suits it's like that that might be personal bias um but it's just like and uh We'll get. We'll definitely do an episode on this, but it's just like the term "degenerate." Yeah. Yeah. It's just like everything that like that isn't that doesn't fit into this like like present like this uh, standard of like aesthetic is seen as degenerate. Yes. And therefore is should be discarded or disregarded in some way. And um, yeah, we will definitely do an episode on that at some point. Yep. But um, the aesthetics y- of fascism. Yeah. Or just like the the concept of like degenerate art or degenerate yeah, anything. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I'm really hopeful that I'm wrong and fascists don't figure it out that they need to kind of act like liberals to get through. I think some have, but there's enough dum dums like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers yeah. that. It, um, to keep it from sticking. Yeah. Like, at this point, I think a lot of the leaders, especially, have sort of discredited themselves enough that liberals aren't going to fall for it. But if you get a new guy in there, like I said, you know, in a suit, he talks well, he's a very respectable person, uh, sounds kind of liberal, but, you know, not really. Uh, it would be very easy, I think, for a lot of people to fall for that. Yeah, it's just like, like, as like as long as there's the association with like people like the QAnon shaman. Yeah, yeah, or like yeah, it's just like those like the QAnon people especially. It's just like if you have any association with them, it's just like that's going to delegitimize anything because those yeah. people are insane. Yeah, like a new guy without any connection to any of those groups could. I think would be the one to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like at this point, like QAnon is so ingrained with like the mainstream, right? Yeah. That like, if you try and distance yourself from that, you're not going to have the support of the mainstream. Right. So I think, I think it's like self-defeating. I think it partially is, but the right wing will always back itself up a lot more than the left. They're a lot more unified in their, Yes, exactly. And I think that has to do with just, like, what I mentioned before. Just, like, 
Republicans do so much fucked up shit and they'll support each other, but like the moment like a Democrat does yeah like does anything, they bounce a check. It's just like they're the worst person ever. Yep. Uh and it's not even just uh the right wing doing that. The left wing will do that to itself. Uh well not to call Democrats left wing because they fucking aren't. Yeah, there is no left wing in this country. Yeah. As like in any reasonable place, the Democrats would be scoundrels. Yes, exactly. They're not good people. No, not at all. Uh, it's just that they're the only thing that isn't the fascist party. Eh. <laughs> Debatable. Eh. They're, they're not... Uh, not. Uh, I say this somewhat facetiously. There's probably, like, a couple Democrats who I would describe as fascist, like... Kristen yeah. Cinema, Joe Manchin... Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, but it's just like, for the most part, they're not fascist. It's just yep, like... just shit. Yeah. It's like, Joe Biden I would not describe as a fascist, but it's just like, you're not good. Yeah, you're not a fascist, but you're still an imperialist shitbag. Yeah, it's just like, I still don't like you. Yeah, like, stop texting me i'm not going to give you money for your re-election do you get texts from joe biden yes and kamala harris and obama i i don't get any of those it's because i donated like a hundred bucks to bernie's campaign uh -huh. and i think all of that he handed off all of that to like biden once he uh took the nomination ah uh, okay my dad once got a letter from the trump campaign asking for donations <laughs> my dad who was who did not vote for trump at any point yeah i i think the trump campaign does something weird with it yeah i think they were just like hey this guy's in his 70s let's send him a letter He'll yeah. give us money <laughs> i i think that might legitimately be what it was and like the the options on it were like like absurdly like high it was crazy <laughs> like no i what why are you asking for this much you're a billionaire you're a billionaire yeah or you present yourself as being a billionaire you're a multi-millionaire like what are you doing yeah exactly uh, it's it's a good old time. Yep. I think that about wraps up. Uh, yep, the pod for today. Yeah. About that, how long did we go for? Actually, um, about an hour and seventeen minutes. Huh. That's um, that's pretty good. A I, bit on the shorter side for us, but not that bad. Yeah, I'd I'd say so. But uh, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, great great talk today uh only good things yep the parallels they are there yep so uh, so next time i do an episode on mussolini it will be a lot more biography focused you know a lot more what he's doing rather than how he's ruling. yeah i know because like the the books i was using for the most part and which i sent to you um focus a lot on just his life in particular yeah and oh boy, like, from what I read, that was a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, this... I want to see how that go continues. Yep. Anyway, uh, next week will probably be uh, an episode on the Cardinal's Mistress, probably just a couple more chapters of that. Give you more yep. time to do research. Sounds good. Yep. Uh, so anyway, unless you have anything else to add, I think we're going to wrap it up. I'm good. Yep. You can find us on Twitter at... at, at I say at, and then I was going to say at again because Twitter handles always have right, an, yeah. <laughs> another at symbol. So I say at because it's like you can find us at this location, and then yeah. I want to say at because of the at symbol. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we're on Twitter at htlww underscore pod. You can email us on Google at, uh, at 
how the left was one pod at gmail.com another example of there being me wanting to say at and then also yeah. there being the <laughs> at symbol you can uh review us on itunes uh, uh where you can find this podcast is also itunes i should i should probably standardize this outro some more yeah write up a script for it. yeah just and have have that at the ready so i can read it every time but we are on itunes where you can also leave a review we are on uh, we are on spotify we're on Pandora because Stitcher is going away and the company that owns Stitcher also owns Pandora. So we're on there. We are on Google Play. We are on Amazon Music. We we're are on Slapbook. Yes. <laughs> uh, we are on uh, Radio Public, uh, which no one knows about, really. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I should standardize this. Yep. Also, we don't know how to run a podcast please if you do please reach out to us on like through email or twitter or any way so i can figure out what the fuck we're doing wrong and we can improve yep. and get better please do anyway that's gonna wrap it up for this episode i've been, oh wait i i forgot we also have a patreon oh, oh please, right. yeah, yeah uh, patreon.com slash uh how the left was one please don't feel obligated to donate in fact don't yes anyway that's gonna wrap it up I've been Mike. I'm Jake. Uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.